Chapter eighty one of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter eighty one The Death Song Prostrated in spirit, I sunk down among the rocks, covering my face with my hands. So occupied was I with wild imaginings that I saw not the Utah women as they passed down the valley. They did not approach the butte, nor make halt near but hastened directly onward to the scene of conflict. I had for the moment forgotten them, and was only reminded of their proximity on hearing the death-wail as it came pealing up the valley. It soon swelled into a prolonged and plaintive chorus, interrupted only by an occasional shriek that denoted the discovery of some relative among the slain father brother husband or perhaps still nearer and dearer some worshipped lover who had fallen under the spears of the arapahoes was marin lee among them the whaling women the thought aroused me from my reverie of wretchedness a gleam of joy shot suddenly across my mind it was the wild huntress that had given origin to the thought. On her I had founded a new hope. She must be seen. No time should be lost in communicating with her. Had she accompanied the women of the tribe? Was she upon the ground? I rose to my feet and was going for my horse. I saw Wingrove advancing toward me. The old shadow had returned to his brow, I might exult in the knowledge of being able to dispel it once and forever. Fortunate fellow, little suspected he at that moment how I held his happiness in my hand, how, with one word, I could raise from off his heart the load that for six long months had weighed heavily upon it yes a pleasant task was before me though my own heart bled i could stop the bleeding of his of hers both in a breath now or not yet i hesitated i can scarcely tell why perhaps it was that i might enjoy a double delight by making the disclosure to both of them at once I had a sweet surprise for them. To both, no doubt, it would be a revelation that would yield the most rapturous joy. Should I bring them face to face and leave them to mutual explanations? This was the question that had offered itself and caused me to hesitate and reflect. No, I could not thus sport with hearts that loved i could not procrastinate that exquisite happiness now so near at once 
let them enter upon its enjoyment but both could not be made happy exactly at the same instant one or other must be first told the glad truth that was in store for them apart they must be told it and to which was i to give the preference i resolved to follow that rule of polite society which extends priority to the softer sex wingrove must wait it was only with an effort i could restrain myself from giving him a hint of his proximate bliss i was sustained in the effort however by observing the manner in which he approached me evidently he had some communication to make that concerned our future movements up to that moment there had been no time to talk even to think of the future i've got something to say to you cap'n said he drawing near and speaking in a serious tone it's better maybe you should know it afore we go further the girl's been givin me some particulars of the caravan that i hain't told you what girl the chickasaw saw wani oh true what says she some pleasant news i may anticipate since she had been the bearer of them it was not any lightness of heart that caused me to give an ironical form to the interrogative far from that well cap'n replied my comrade it is rather ugly news the red-skinned devils told me but i don't know how much truth there's in it for i found her out in more'n one lie about this business she's been with the caravan however and she'd know all about it about what i asked well suwanee says that the caravans broke up into two ha one half of it with the dragoons has turned south towards santa fe the other which ere all mormons have struck off northardly by a different pass and on a trail that makes for their new settlement on salt lake well there's not much news in that we had anticipated something of the kind but there's worse cap'n worse what is it wingrove i put the question with a feeling of renewed anxiety holt's gone with the mormons oh that too i had expected it does not surprise me in the least ah cap'n continued the backswoodsman with a sigh while an expression of profound sadness pervaded his features there's uglier news still ha i involuntarily exclaimed as an evil suspicion crossed my mind news of her quick tell me has aught happened to her the worst that could happen i reckon she's dead i started as if a shot had passed through my heart its convulsive throbbing stifled my speech i could not get breath to utter a word but stood gazing at my companion in silent agony arter all he continued in a tone of grave resignation i don't know if it air the worst 
I say'd afore, and I say so still, that I'd rather she were dead than in the arms of that stinking Mormon. Poor Marion! She had but a short life, ought, and not a very merry one either. What? Marion? Is it of her you are speaking? Why, sartin, Captain. Who else should it be? Marion? Dead? Yes, poor girl, she never lived to see that Salt Lake City, for that cussed varmint were taken her. She died on the way out, and were buried summers on the prairies. I wish I knew where I go to see her grave. <laughs> Whose story is this? My companion looked at me in amazement. The laugh at such a time must have sounded strange to his ears. The engine heard it from Lil, replied Wingrove, still puzzled at my behavior. Steppens had told it to Holt, and to her likewise. Poor young critter. I reckon he'll be wantin' her too, now that he's lost the other. Poor little Lil. Cheer, comrade, cheer. Either Suwanee or Steppens has lied be like both of them, since both had a purpose to serve, the Mormon to deceive the girl's father, the Indian to do the same with you. The story is false. Marion Hole is not dead. Marion ain't dead? No, she lives. She has been true to you. Listen. I could no longer keep from him the sweet secret. The reaction consequent on the bitter pang I had just experienced, while under the momentary belief that it was Lillian who was dead, had stirred my spirit, filling it with a wild joy. I longed to impart the same emotions to my suffering companion, and in rapid detail I ran over the events that had occurred since our parting to the revelations which the Mexican had made. Wingrove listened with frantic delight, only interrupting me with frenzied exclamations that bespoke his soul-felt joy. When I had finished, he cried out, She were forced to go. I thought so. I, I knew it. Where is she, Captain? Oh, take me to her. I'll fall on my knees. I'll ax her a thousand times to pardon me. T'war the Indian's fault. I'll swear it with the Chickasaw. She's been the cuss of us both. Oh, where's Marion? I love her more than ever. Where is she? Patience, I said. You shall see her presently. She must be down the valley among the Indian women. Mount your horse and follow me. End of chapter 81